by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. We're going to start a new series today. Romans 1.17 says, For therein is the righteousness of God, Revealed from faith to faith. What is the righteousness of God? It's his right way of doing things. Like Kaylee said, he always does what's right. There's no sense in arguing with God because he's always right. And all his ways are right. And if you're arguing with the Bible, you're making a fool out of yourself. God is always right and he reveals himself from faith to faith. Faith is trusting him, believing his word, right? Believing what he says is true. So you maybe have a little faith, but he reveals himself when you have a little bit more faith. He reveals himself a little more when you have more faith. So you're going from a little faith to a big faith, hopefully. That's what I'm talking about, a progression of your faith. We don't want to stay the same little baby Christians for years and years and years and years and nothing ever change in our life. We are a changing, growing, healthy church. And we go from faith, because God is revealed from faith to faith. God is not being revealed in these churches where they're just sitting there on their faith, on their blessed assurance. No, we go from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And that's why we're calling this new series we're beginning here today, By Faith. By faith. Say by faith. Wake up out there. We're in the message now. We're in the good part. We're getting in the word of God. We just read a scripture. We ought to be shouting. The just shall live by faith. By your trust in God. From one moment to the next. Turn to Romans 4. Romans 4 verse 16. says, so the promise is received by faith. What's the promise? Well, if you go back a little bit, you'll recognize that the promise is for us to be right. For us to be right with God. To be saved, as Christians call it. If you're not a Christian yet, hopefully you will be before you leave today. But that's, a term, that's terminology that means you're right with God. You die, you know you're going to heaven. You have a right relationship with God. So the promise is received by faith. You're saved by faith, right? It is given as a free gift, and we are all certain to receive it whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if, if, the two biggest letters in all of the Bible, the condition, whether you live according to the law, whether you get everything that God wants you to do right or not, it doesn't matter. It's if. So what comes after the if is important. Whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, but if we have faith like Abraham's. Say faith like Abraham's. Because today we're going to talk about Abraham. Because if we need to have faith like Abraham to be right with God, we need to know what kind of faith Abraham had. 
That would be important to know. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. I was thinking about Abraham. That There's a scripture that says he got up early. He got up early one morning. Abraham was a wealthy and a rich and a powerful man because God had blessed him. He was a man after God's own heart. He was trying to follow the Lord. He had all this wealth, but he was living in tents. He was mobile because God had him on the move. God wouldn't let him settle down and, and dig roots down here in this earthly stuff. God said, You're, I need you to go out, Abraham. And I, Abraham did what God said. He was learning to walk with God, just like Kaylee said. Abraham was making some footprints on the beach of God. He was walking with God, but this one morning he got up early. And Abraham's heart was heavy. I say he got up early, but I doubt he slept at all that night because God had given him a command that was very troubling. In fact, I imagine the turmoil that was going on inside of him. His heart was not, not only his heart heavy, but I bet his head was heavy with the heavy revy that God had laid on him. And he gets up, and he goes, and he begins to put a blanket over his donkey, put a harness on his donkey. Now, this is not something Abraham had to do. Abraham had many servants. But I guess he's just trying to keep his mind busy. I'm thinking that this is before daylight, before his servants had even woken up. So he's putting a blanket over his own donkey. And Abraham's going over to the pile of wood, and he sets a log there, and he gets that axe, and I imagine he's getting some of this, this craziness out of him. And he's splitting those logs, and he gets a burlap sack, and he begins to put the sticks of wood in the burlap sack and tie it on the donkey. And I can imagine the, the sun is coming up over the, over the horizon about the time Abraham sneaks back into his tent real quiet. He steps over his wife, Sarah. He doesn't want to wake her. He doesn't want to wake Sarah because Sarah doesn't understand what's about to happen. If Sarah knew that he was fixing to leave for a week and if he knew what God had told him to do, Sarah would be trying to stop him. He can't wake up Sarah. Sarah can't know this. So he gets over to his probably a teenager, maybe young 20s son. He pokes him. Isaac, come with me. Isaac gets up. Because Isaac's a good boy. Isaac does what daddy says without any question. I'm sure. Gets out of his sack. He follows dad and dad's like, shh. And they go out of the tent. And Isaac's like, go get a couple of servants. And they go get a couple of servants. And the servants, they do what Abraham says too. Abraham's a man of integrity. You understand his word means something. He has lived his life in a way so that when he speaks, people listen. He's got character. And so Abraham grabs the donkey and the two servants, and they're all walking. And they've got the wood, and they get a fire to bring with them. And Abraham puts a big knife in his belt. And they're walking. Now, this is no short journey. They walk for three days. It must have been the toughest three days of Abraham's life, you can understand, because of what God has asked him to do. And he's looking at his boy Isaac as he's walking. And he's the pride of a father is welling up in his heart. And he's, he sees his boy. 
He doesn't understand, but they keep walking. They make a camp for the night, and across the fire, his son sits, and he looks across at him, tears in his eyes. I don't know if he slept much those two nights on the road, but the third day, they see the mountain that God had prescribed for him to get to. And Abraham says, you two servants stay here. Me and the boy, we're going up the mountain and we're going to worship together. And then we will come back. And Abraham makes sure his knife is in his robe. And little Isaac grabs the, the wood and he grabs the fire. And they begin to walk up the mountain together. And as they walk, Isaac thinks to himself, Dad, we've got the wood, we've got the fire, but where's the lamb for the sacrifice? And Abraham looks in his eyes and says, Son, God will provide himself a sacrifice. Okay, Dad, if you say so. Hey, Isaac's not understanding all this. Dad isn't talking, talkative this week for some reason. Dad is acting awful strange. But he follows his dad because he trusts his dad. And they get to the prescribed place where God had prepared for them to make the sacrifice. And Abraham gets the stones and he lays them out. And he creates an altar. And he opens the burlap sack and he begins to place the wood for the altar. And Isaac's standing there waiting for instructions. He's, I don't know what we're going to sacrifice here. And then his dad, out of the pocket of his robe, pulls out a rope. He turns to his boy, Isaac, son, come here. And about that time, it dawns on Isaac. And his eyes get big. And he don't understand. But he's obedient. And he comes to his dad, and his dad takes him, takes his arms, and he binds that rope and ties him tight. And Isaac and Abraham takes him over, and he lays Isaac across the wood, and he takes out another rope, and he binds him by the feet. And Isaac can't hardly breathe. And Abraham can't hardly breathe. And with tears streaming down his face, Abraham looks to heaven. And he pulls out that long knife. And he raises that knife. And this is an intense story. This is a very, very real, intense story that truly happened in the Bible. Because in this moment... In this very moment of time, between this father and this son, everything changed. Everything for all time and all creation changed when Abraham raised that knife above his son Isaac. It's a crazy story, isn't it? Wow. Turn to Genesis chapter 22.
Let's read what the Bible says about it. That was my interpretation. Genesis chapter 22 tells this same story. It's only 10 verses long. We're going to read it, at least to where we ended it. Genesis 22 verse 1 says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. See, this is what God does. You wonder why things happen in your life. Maybe it's God testing your faith. God tested Abraham's faith when he said, Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. See, you're never going to grow in your faith if you don't respond when God calls. If your mind is so busy with your job, with your schedule, with your children, with this and that, maybe TV programs, whatever, the, the swiping going on nonstop. If your mind is cluttered and you can't hear the voice of God, you will never grow in your faith. Or if you hear the voice of God, but you're, you're not ready for the voice of God. No, I'm still doing my thing. I don't want to, I'm not ready to be tested. You can live your whole life in that state and never go from faith to faith, but just stay in little faith. But Abraham, he answered the call. And God would say to you today, begin to answer my call because I want to take you on a journey up a mountain. Do you answer God when he calls? Verse 2 says, take your son, your only son, Yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. I thought that was odd, that God called Isaac Abraham's only son. If you know anything about the story, maybe even if you read it in children's church back when you were a kid, Abraham had two sons. His first son was named Ishmael. You see, when Abraham started his faith walk with God, God was trying to get Abraham to believe that he could do a miracle in his life, that he could take an old man and an old woman which had been barren her whole life, and he could produce a child. And he was trying to get Abraham to see, look at the stars, Abraham, that's how many I'm going to give you. Be your children. You'll be the father of many nations. But Abraham, man, he struggled and his wife struggled and years went by and they couldn't receive the promise yet. Sometimes God gives us a vision and it takes a while for us to get there. Maybe some of you know what I'm talking about. You got a vision, but you just don't see a way to get there yet. You hadn't worked up trust enough in God to believe for a miracle yet. And Abraham hadn't. And his wife Sarah hadn't either. And she said... I know what we need to do. We need to help God out. You can sleep with my servant woman, Hagar, and then she can have a baby, and then we can call it ours, and we'll help God out, and we'll bring God's vision to pass. And they did, and they had a little baby called Ishmael. Oh, my goodness. But see, that didn't please God. Our trying to bring the promise to pass in our own strength doesn't please God. He's not after your abilities, after your faith. He wants you to believe that he can. 
Now, you'll have your part in it, but it'll be according to his will. Not, you don't make it up. How many of you have God have told you that you were going to be something, and then the first thing you did, you ran out and you had you an Ishmael? I've done that plenty of times. I, I'm, I can't wait, God. I've got to have it now. And, and, you, and I'm not seeing anything from you because of my faith. I'm going to make it happen in my own strength. So he had an Ishmael, but God said, no, uh. God didn't even let Ishmael live in the house with Abraham. He says, get that, that slave son out of my house. He shall have no part with your free son. Abraham finally believed God, and God gave him Isaac, the son of promise. Miracle birth. And God brought it to pass. And he knew, in God's eyes, Isaac is your only son. Does that make sense to you? In verse 3, it says, The next morning, Abraham got up early. See, faith will make you want to get up early in the morning. Knowing God is at work in your life will make you want to just rise. You ain't going to be no sleepaholic like these teenagers. Like, I mean, not some teenagers, a lot of teenagers. <laughs> sleepaholics are either teenagers or they don't understand the eternal, eternal ramifications of their time spent here on the earth how important their time is people of faith don't just drag through life waiting on the weekend everybody's working for the weekend no no god would have you going from faith to faith on monday just like you do on friday sometimes though faith can be hard let's be honest the life of faith is the hard life. Any old fool can find the wide path that leads to destruction and do every, what everybody else is doing. But narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. And I think I'm looking at the few. And I believe God gave me this message for you. Whether you believe it or not, faith can be hard. Ain't that right, Big Joe? Big Joe, when you got laid off your job, your flesh wanted to go out and find something quick. I got to pay the bills. I got to make this happen, didn't it? But God said, don't worry, Big Joe, I got you. Big Joe's like, ooh, I got to go from faith to faith. I want to make it happen. I want to I get it. You would have gone out there and created an Ishmael is what you would have done. But you didn't do it. God told him to hold on. I got you. And now what do you got? Job of promise. He got an all, awesome job. Amen. Went from faith to faith like Jacob Bridges up here gave his testimony a couple Sundays ago. You remember? They said no chance for your grandfather to live. None at all. He won't make it through the surgery. He prayed. He made it through the surgery. They said, well, he's going to be a vegetable the rest of his life. We're going to pull the plug on him. Jacob heard from God and said, no, uh, he went against his whole family that wanted to pull the plug. They, they didn't hear from God, you see, but Jacob did. And it must have been difficult to come out and tell everybody, I heard from God. When all the natural situations said, dude, you, you heard from the pizza you ate last night. 
But Jacob's granddaddy is alive right now and he's in a nursing home recovering. And we're believing full of, for a full recovery. That's going to be the next step in our faith. Some of you, not in here, but may listen to this podcast, may be staying in a marriage that you don't really see any hope in. You, you almost like want to give up and all your friends are saying, you shouldn't put up with that, you should leave. But the voice of God is saying, I hate divorce. You begin to change you, and I'll begin to change them. You stop trying to do it. Make an Ishmael out of the whole deal. It's hard to walk this life of faith sometimes. You want, your flesh doesn't want to do it. But your spirit is saying, this is what I live for. Anytime you stand on the Word of God against all the natural facts, it's a hard thing to do. Sometimes you got to stand alone. Your friends are saying, get a divorce. Your friends are saying, you're crazy. Pull the plug. Your friends are saying, you better get a job, boy. They may even say, the Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. They may quote scriptures. But he knew what God said. And he did what God said. How many of you, when your daddy came to you and said, told you to do something when you was growing up. And you said, Daddy, why? He said, because I said so. If your earthly dad can say, because I said so, how much more can your fatherly, earth, a heavenly dad say, because I said so? Don't make him say, because I said so. <laughs> if you know it's God speaking to you, get a move on. You see, Abraham got up early. He didn't wait around to reason all this out. This don't make sense. And talk himself out of moving into the next stage of his life. He didn't reason with the direct command of God. This isn't something you pray about. Almost everything else I would advise you to pray about. But when you know God's will already, you don't need to pray. You just be obedient. The Bible says do not murder you ain't got to stop and pray should you stab somebody. I can hear some of the tortured argument, but I want to. God. No. But Abraham didn't dare question God's logic. He knew that everything that God commanded would in the end work out to his good. And can you imagine what God had asked Abraham to do? Woo. All right, still in verse 3. Next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey, and he took two of his servants with him along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire and a burnt offering and set out to the place that God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. Why did he tell the servants to stay there? Why didn't he just bring them up and let them do the work? I think the same reason he didn't wake up Sarah. He knew the servants would say, this is crazy. He didn't want anybody trying to talk him out of what God had said to do. Be careful who you tell what God said for you to do. Because not everybody is ever going to understand. He said, the boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there. And he said, we will come right back. 
Now, you, I hadn't even told you what God told him to do yet. We ain't got to that part. But I'm just going to tell you here and now, when he said, we will come right back, that was either an incredible statement of faith, or Abraham was just a liar. He was just telling them what, they, what was expedient to say. Verse 6 says, So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, and while he himself carried the fire and the knife, and the two of them walked on together. Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offerings? God will provide sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. But I like the way it says it in the King James. It says, God will provide himself a lamb. Mm. And when they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Now I want you to know, Abraham is well over 110 years old at this point. And Isaac is probably a teenager by best guesstimations, maybe in his 20s, early 20s. Isaac could have outran his dad. And verse 10 says, And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. What a preposterous thing to do. Some of you are thinking, well, I was already had a trouble. I had some trouble with Christianity before I got here. Now, I am wondering about this God. Could you do it? Could you do what? You see, God had asked Abraham to go and sacrifice his son on this mountain. Could you do it? So we're saying there's some things that we would withhold from God. Things that we can't trust God with. Some of your faith is already shaken just because God asked this already. Because you hear the world, they put, pull out all kind of scriptures from the Old Testament and they make God out to be some kind of villain. And if we don't know God for ourselves... We could listen to their reasoning and begin to agree. Is there things that we withhold from God? Is there things that we love more than God? D.L. Moody says, whatever you love more than God, this is your idol. A guy named Steve Fuller says, something is an idol when and he lists ten things and they are it causes you to disobey God, idol. It gives you greater joy than Jesus, becomes an idol. It gives me more excitement about the future than Jesus does, idol. It's what I daydream about the most. It's what I most enjoy talking about. Maybe you're thinking about some things in your life right now. Boy, I've really let this begin to consume me. You know, I put off church for this. I've I'm thinking about this more than I am my call in life. It's what I fear losing the most. It's what I most enjoy reading about. 
most love spending money on. It's what I look to for my heart rejuvenation. I don't come to the will of the Lord anymore. I don't come into his presence to have my heart rejuvenated. I'm finding joy in this other thing. It's what I most enjoy spending time on. And we've been talking on Wednesdays about these areas. God gave us two major tests, the Sabbath and the tithe, your time and your money. And he asked for the best of both of those to test your heart so that you could see where your, your heart is. Look at your checkbook, look at your calendar, and find out who has preeminence in your life or has something else become an idol. You see, I'm learning to not let anything cause me to disobey God. But I don't have it all right. But I'm learning I find greater joy in Christ, and, and my excitement about the future is wrapped up in Him. And I do find myself daydreaming about the Lord and the day I'll see him. and He is what I most enjoy talking about, as many of you can attest to our late-night conversations when we're still here at the church at 10.30 talking about God. He is what I, the relationship with him is what I fear losing the most. It's what keeps my life on track, that I dare not sin against my God. It's what I most enjoy reading about. It's spending my money on. It's what gives me my heart's rejuvenation. And it's what I spend, boy, all my time on. The first two of the Ten Commandments, the first one says, you must not have any other God before me. And the second says, and you must not make for yourself an idol. It's talking about first place in your life. What gets you up early in the morning? See, everything that God asks is for your good. Oh, but the absurdity of pastor of sacrificing your own son, that just doesn't make sense to me. I, I, I don't think I could do it. Sacrifice your son. Who could do it? Who? What kind of person would give their only begotten son. I don't think I could do it. Could it be done? It's completely absurd. But you see, faith is built over a lifetime. Maybe you're not there yet. Guess what? We're all on the journey somewhere along the journey. We are building. We're going from faith to faith. None of us ever arrive. You may be sitting there and rightly saying, I ain't got there yet. And I don't think I've got there yet. But Hebrews 10.22 says, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. You see, it's in the drawing near to him that we begin to get a full assurance of faith. Keep drawing near to God. Then the world won't be able to talk you out of the goodness of God. You'll begin to understand the plan of God. 
The, these things are hidden to the world. They don't understand. Jesus spoke in parables to the world. That seeing they may not see. Hearing they may not hear. But he speaks it to you in private. If you will search for me with your whole heart, you will find me. He's not hiding himself from anybody except those who don't want to find him. He's speaking unto you. Come on, let's go a little deeper, my son. Draw near to me so I can give you full assurance of, of your faith. Give me your heart. Let's walk this thing out together. Faith is often taught today like it's something you've got to work up. Man, if I can believe hard enough, I can get this thing I'm believing for. And it's almost like that faith is something that we do so that we can grow up and we don't need God anymore. We can be little gods ourselves and build our own little kingdoms. But that's not faith at all. A faith that doesn't draw you closer and more independent in, in, in your dependence on God is not true faith. You can do nothing apart from Him. But with Him you can do all things. He wants your total dependence on him. True faith is meant to draw us closer to God, to trust completely in what he can and what he will do for you, to know his heart. We don't need to have faith in our faith. If you're, if you're working up things, trying to work yourself up to believe and you're confessing it and confessing it and all this thing, and you find yourself doing this and you're, you're not drawing close to God in a true heart. Then you're not getting your... See, in its essence, faith is just trusting in God. It's not something apart from God. It's Him who does the work. It's Him who, who is the Father of lights. Who from everything, all good gifts come. You know, I stress... Often because I'm an A-type personality and I'm very organized. And I've been put in a position with, you know, hundreds of people that may have situations in their life at any time. And it may throw me, my calendar way off track. And many times I'm stressing, Lord, you ain't gave me the message for Sunday yet. And I ain't willing to come up here with just something I threw together. And so I'm seeking the Lord. What, are, what is the message? And he don't give it to me sometimes. And I begin to stress. And he's working with me on that. Because I'm stressing, because I'm worrying. When he's, saying, he's saying to me, son, don't I always give it to you? Why are you stressing? Why are you worrying? That's your perfectionist personality. Lean on me. Thursday night, you know, two weeks ago, I'm walking around the pool. God, you hadn't even told me what I'm preaching Sunday yet. And you know i got to be gone all day Saturday to the youth villages. And tomorrow's my only day to work on my message. You know, you got to give it to me. Got It wouldn't give it to me. I stayed up two hours praying for it. He's just, he's just walking it out with me. He's testing my faith. Friday morning before I came into church, download. <laughs> Woke up in the morning, grabbed my phone on the notepad, writing down these things, start a list of 30 points for last week's message. Okay, so I get to Thursday this week. Yes, Lord, you know I got a wedding Saturday. You know I'll be gone all day Saturday. I, I need to, same thing. But this week I'm thinking, he always gives me my message. Why do I stress? Take a step of faith. 
Take a step closer in your journey of faith. Go deeper. Didn't stress about it. Woke up Friday morning. <laughs> got all this. 15 minutes Friday morning. Now, I got to put it all together, and there's a lot of work goes into it. Don't, don't get me wrong, but I had to straighten it out in my mind. But he's trying, to, he's trying for me to trust him. And that's what he's doing with you. There's areas of your life that you're holding out on. You're worrying. Worry is the opposite of faith. If there's areas that you're stressing about, it's because you hadn't turned it over to God. And I'm, I'm here as your pastor telling you, I stress and worry and I'm trying to turn them over. So I know you do too. We're all in this together. We're all at some place on our journey, right? For, maybe, for you, it's maybe your job. Maybe you've lost a job like Joe or whatever, or you, your series of jobs, you don't like your job, your finances are, you're having a problem believing God for the bills, you don't know, see how you're going to get out of this loan that you're in or whatever, or it's your relationships, man, your husband or wife is acting this way, you don't never see how it's going to change, or it's your struggles with addictions or sin in your life. I can't do this. God, I can't do this. Hello? That's the first true thing you said all day. But he can. And all these things that wind us up, God saying, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. See, it's about the drawing near to me that gives you the full assurance of faith. Gives you a true heart. He's drawing you to himself through all these pains and struggles and all these trials that you're going through. Think it not strange. It's happening to everybody. But he's working to get you to trust him. Because like Kaylee said, the moment you begin to trust, you begin to plant that seed and it begins to grow in other people's lives. When you can believe, you give faith to other people who can believe. Abraham's faith came from a lifetime of walking this out with God. Abraham was 110, 15 years old when this happened. He was at the end of his life when he finally got to the place that he could believe God. He didn't start out the father of faith. He started out baby faith, like we all do. And his faith got bigger each time he rubbed up against the goodness of God. And if you're in a trial right now, know this. If you'll trust God, you'll see God's work, hand at work in your life. You'll see he was carrying you down the beach. And then you'll understand a little deeper the goodness of God. So the next time the trial hits, you say, God's got this. God's got this. And what's the alternative? You be self-medicating. I can't take this no more. Doctor, I'm having this problem. Can you give me this medication? Can and the doctors are saying, sure, write a check. Or you're running down to the local street drug dealer. Give me this medicine. Sure, write a check. No, give me cash. <laughs> Same thing. And we begin to medicate. But God is your answer. God wants to show you that he can be trusted. But you've got to give him something to work with. You got to answer when he calls, when he says, Abraham. You say, Yes, Lord, here I am. Hebrews 11 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, 
See, whatever you're hoping for in your life, faith is your answer. Faith is the substance of the things you're hoping for. It's what's going to fulfill the longing in your heart is to trust God and let him bring it to pass. But Hebrews 11.6 says it's impossible to please God without faith. That anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. See, God wants you to know that he's going to reward you. He wants you to believe that. And that's the only way to, to give God what his heart longs for. His heart longs for faith. It's impossible to please him without it. And you know how he feels. Most of you are parents in here. What if your child didn't want to spend any time with you, didn't trust you, wanted to do everything apart from you, became a teenager on you? I'm giving you a rough time today. <laughs> We've all been through the teenage years, so none of us can point fingers. All right. Would you be pleased in a relationship with your children like that? They didn't listen to a word you said, wouldn't come when you called, wouldn't do what you said. It's a mess, isn't it? And finally, we're going to talk about faith produces your salvation. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. See, it's God's grace that he's trying to get to you. But it's all activated through faith. And that not of yourselves, that is a gift of God, not of works, lest any should boast. See, faith is your requirement in the salvation. Activation. Sometimes when the rhymes come to me, they don't, they, my mouth won't get them out. Faith is your part in the salvation activation. Okay, so activation. Okay. All right. I'm going to have to trust God a little bit more. All right. Where am I at? I wrote, to be saved, you have to repent. You have to take the knife and stab it into your old way of life. You have to die to yourself, your old way of life, and you have to trust God with what comes next. Abraham's faith gave God someone to cut covenant with. God saw Abraham willing to give his only son, and God said... Because you're willing, I can be willing. You, he gave God someone to cut covenant with. When I said all of the earth changed when he raised that knife, it did. And your faith gives God an activation point for you to cut covenant with him. Your faith does the same thing. Your willingness to die to self, to take the knife and die to your old way of life says I have enough faith 
to enter into the blood covenant of Jesus Christ. Turn to Genesis 22.10. That's where we started. That's our text, right? And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. What happened after that? And at that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. and said, Abraham, Abraham, <laughs> because Abraham was fixing to do it. He had to call twice. And I imagine with sweat beating all down in his eyes, Abraham said, yes, Lord, here I am. Probably couldn't get his words out. Don't lay a hand on the boy. The angel said, don't hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld me, even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. God had already provided. So he took the ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering in the place of his son. I bet he was relieved. And Abraham named the place Yahweh Yireh. And we, we say it Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. Do you believe it in your situations that you're going through? Do you believe that the Lord will provide? To this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. He is the Jehovah Jireh. And God, indeed, provided himself a sacrifice. We know what that lamb caught in the thicket represents. The Lord Jesus, who is known as the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. We know it was representative of his own son. Abraham, because you did not spare your son. And you feared the Lord, I will not spare my son. I will provide. You don't provide, I provide. You don't provide an Ishmael when I provide the Isaac. You don't provide your salvation, I am your salvation. And he provided himself a sacrifice. Provided his son so that your sons wouldn't have to die. In Hebrews eleven seventeen, it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son Isaac. Even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. See, when Abraham got up early the next morning, it had to be perplexing to him. God, you told me that through Isaac that I would be the father of many nations. He's my only son. He's the one, my heir, the one you said that you would provide through. This doesn't make sense, God. Don't matter if it makes sense, Abraham. What God is asking you, he didn't ask you to make sense of it. trust and Abraham he'd walked with God long enough Abraham reasoned that if Isaac even even if Isaac did die 
God was able to bring him to life again. He trusted right then and there in a resurrection. God was able to bring him to life again. And in that sense, Abraham did receive his son back to life. See, Abraham had the faith for the crucifixion, and he had the faith for the resurrection. And that's what God asked you to die to yourself and believe that you can be raised again. Faith believes God will provide, that he can be trusted, his love, his power, and his will for your life will work together for your good. The just shall live by faith. By faith. Hallelujah. God is good. God is just. God is right. He can be trusted. Even when it looks like in all the world saying God's no good, God wanted to do this in the Old Testament. God said, don't listen to them. They don't understand. It hadn't been revealed to them the goodness of God. We know our God is good. We walk it out. We taste and see that he is good. We trust you, Jesus. Whatever you ask, we will do. Wherever you're at right now in your situation in life, trust him. Trust him if it's just a little thing. He says, stop doing this, stop doing it. He says, start doing this, start doing it. If he tells you to go talk to somebody and you don't understand why, do it. And you'll see why. You'll get the result that he wanted and it'll, it'll draw you near to his goodness. And it won't be such a struggle next time. And you'll go from faith to faith. listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Amen.